Okay, welcome everyone. Hi, happy Saturday. Um, so if you're here for the first time, hello, welcome. My name's Eva Lee and I'm here with um, Awesome Careers where we feature a podcast called Meet the Pros where we connect with professionals from different parts of their experiences and have them come on to share about what they do, what they love, what they find challenging. And today I have with me is a really good, uh, wonderful person, uh, Malia Jean, who's going to talk about her experience in working as an information uh, competency librarian, which is not a very traditional uh, occupation that many people are familiar with. And so today I wanted to feature that. Really quick, if you are tuning in, um, you can also uh, watch us on um, what is it YouTube you get the HD experience whereas Facebook uh, you know trims it down a little bit to 720 or 760 so it might not be as clear so just to give you a heads up and um, for folks um, who don't know what you know uh, what an information competency librarian does um, Malia has been working um, as uh, in this profession for 14 years uh, for more than 40 years actually and she has uh, half of those years uh, are spent working in her current um, profession at the College of Sequoias in Visalia. And as a libra librarian, uh, <laughs> she helps supervise uh, library activities at the center locations in Tulare and Hanford. In addition, she provides library instructions, develops and teach library and information courses, assist students and faculty with information needs, select print and non-print materials for the library collections, serve on campus committees and so much more. And something she wanted to share was that librarians right, of color make up a small portion of the library information professionals. It is a rewarding job to both help students, faculty, and sometimes administrators. Librarians are informational gatekeepers. Uh, libraries are portals to the world's knowledge. And so that's a little glimpse about what we're going to jump in more in detail about. So thank you all for joining us. And again, let me know if you're coming, uh, uh, tuning in, what city. I always want to get an idea of who's watching this, whether you are here on the live stream or again, watching us on the replay. So uh, really quick, Jovina's here. Hi, Jovina, welcome from Sacramento. And then of course, Kia here is watching from Fresno. Welcome, Kia. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Really appreciate that. Okay, without further ado, there's a lot of questions we're gonna jump right into, and then we're gonna bring in Malia. Uh, Hi, Malia, how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you, Eva. And I have to apologize in advance because your name is very close to my grandniece name. Uh, which is my uh, niece daughter's name her name is Ava so I do apologize in advance if I um, mention you I, if I address you by Ava instead of Eva so okay. just know <laughs> and I was telling uh Malia right I was saying uh, you know I kept getting your name wrong too because uh, what is that? I, I have these two uh, colleagues who with their prefer uh, Manila, which is again part of the Philippines, and so mm -hmm. I always get that mixed up. And I want to make sure that people know that for yours, the N is silent, so it's Malia, right? Yes, yes, the N is is silent, and I have to always address that to people <laughs> when uh, you know they're trying to pronounce my name because they include the N. They say the N in my name, but. <laughs> You know, that's, you know, that's okay. Uh, but yeah, hi everyone. Thank you, Eva, for inviting me tonight to talk about my career with all of you. Uh, again, my name is Malia Jean and I am a information competency librarian with the College of Sequoias located in Visalia, California. Our main campus is in Visalia, but we do, our uh, college district do have 
two center location, one in Hanford and one in Tulare. And I uh, serve uh, as the travel librarian between those two centers. So I spent uh, physically, if we're working face-to-face, -face, I spent my uh, days uh, throughout the week, uh, two days in Hanford and two days in Tulare. And on days that I'm not there, we have our agile librarians who are there to assist uh, students, faculty, and staff, and administrators. Mm -hmm. um, as Eva mentioned, I provide library and information competency instructions to classes, but due to the pandemic, all of our library instructions are done online via Zoom or uh, whatever platforms that uh, instructors are teaching their classes. But right now, most of our um, instructions are done in Canvas via Zoom. Uh, during these instructions, I provide information and assist students and instructors on how to use and inc or incorporate library resources and services in their learning and teaching. In addition, I assist at our reference desk or what we recently have renamed our uh, reference desk to ask a librarian desk um, to help answer any questions that comes in from students, staff, faculty, administrators, and community users. Um, so, you know, there's a range of questions that may come in from research questions to technical questions to directional questions. Uh, furthermore, I participate in our campus governance committees. So uh, this year I'm in three um, campus committees or general education committees that oversees our general education courses. I'm in our outcomes and assessment committee. Uh, as well as our budget committee for the district. Um, not only that too, I also do course development and collection development, selecting materials for purchase uh, as well for the library. So that's just a bit of what I do as my role as an information competency. That's really great. Thank you so much. Um, that covers a lot. And then we're going to digest some of those pieces a little bit more further. Um, so I want to also quickly catch um, Jovina's is like, yes, it's hi. Hi, Jovina. And of course, Linda's like, yes, thank you for Claire. I initially thought it was uh, Man uh, Manila as well. And then uh, Manlia. Manlia. And now I know. I now know I think it, it's neither. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Linda. So yes, Manglia. So the N is silent in my name. Okay. And hi, Kavina. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned really this part, which is again like what you do. How did you get started? Right. Um, what you do for your role, right? And you really broke it down to like a lot of the things, like uh, oftentimes assisting, helping folks, you know, get information essentially, um, you know, working on like so selecting, you know, certain things to add to the collection to the library. So there's a lot, it sounds like a good time of your work is split between uh, customer service, right? Yes. And then of yes. course, administrative stuff. Yes, yes. And so uh, there, you know, there's a lot of misconception when, you know, people think about librarians, you know, that we sit behind the desk all day. <laughs> um, that, and that's most of my, you know, job is, you know, most of the time, you know, I'm found behind the desk or uh, are as a librarian desk or if not in my office. Uh, 
or that we, you know, read books all day, all day or that we love books in order to become librarians. And so, um, you know, those are just the misconception, but there's a lot of, like I always tell students, there's a lot of back office work that we do uh, that you normally, you know, people don't see, you know, while we're sitting behind the desk, we're probably, you know, working on a, you know, one of the numerous, you know, projects that, you know, I am responsible for part of the team for my department. Uh, whether if it's reviewing a policy or reviewing a policy that we have in place and reviewing within that policy, reviewing, you know, the procedure, is it working? Is it not working? Um, and, or, you know, behind that desk, I might be, you know, emailing and communicating with instructors, with faculty for, you know, my next, uh, library instruction, my next presentation in his or her class, you know, just making sure that uh, if any instructor had invited me to present in their class that, you know, I'm well prepared, uh, that I know when I am uh, go to the class what the teacher wants me to teach their students. And that's, you know, navigating to our library website, navigating uh, and using, knowing how to use the library resources, mm -hmm. the online databases, the online library catalog, knowing where to look uh, for books, uh, to look for articles, peer review articles. And sometimes, you know, um, you know, we really, you know, when it comes down to our library instructions and presentation, we really customize our presentation to meet what the instructor wants their, what wants uh, their students to learn from our presentation. And a lot of times um, it can be a one-shot presentation or sometimes, you know, we are embedded, you know, librarians are embedded. We are embedded in a course where we stay with the instructor in this particular course or several of, if he teaches different uh, multiple sessions of the mm -hmm. same course, we are embedded in multiple session of the course. And so we are, you know, uh, the go-to person when it comes to researching, when it comes to uh, navigating online, gathering sources to support their presentation, to support their research, to support their argument. <laughs> uh, and so, um, you know, that can be one thing why as to why we're, you know, sitting behind the desk, you know, and the other reasons is, you know, um, Students come and use the library. That's usually the main hub of the campus to find a quiet space to, you know, do the work to check their email. And, um, you know, we get technical questions like, you know, this is my first time, you know, being in the library. So really, you know, we are like the face of the library that they first see when they come inside the library. And a lot of times, you know, um, we try to explain to faculty, to instructors, and even sometimes administrators that, you know, it takes a lot of courage for students to come into the library to use that space or to even come up to us and ask for help, not because of the, um, they might have a previous, you know, negative experience before yeah. of a librarian shushing them or, you know, just, uh, <laughs> I think we all experienced that before. <laughs> or just that, you know, anxiety that they had, like, you know, coming into the building, like, 
of like knowledge and I don't know where to start. And, you know, you know, you just have to really, you know, applaud students and really try to break down that barrier and make it as welcoming as possible for students, especially for students who, you know, take up that courage, that first step to come to you and approach you. Because a lot of times, you know, um, and I need to do better too with my position sometimes at the desk. I don't know students when they're struggling. And sometimes I do, you know, where, you know, I look up or I walk my rounds about the library and I check and I make smart talks and I notice that, you know, they are having difficulties. And so I will approach them. But sometimes a lot of times, you know, um, I don't do that. And so, you know, I appreciate students coming to us like, you know, I need help. I have no idea where to start. And so, uh, so just showing, you know, to you guys, that's just a little bit of what we do more than just sitting behind the desk, you yeah. know, um, it's a lot of back office work, a lot of um, emotional and sometimes, you know, uh, it can be very draining and it could also be at the same time, very rewarding as well, too. Mm -hmm. And we'll jump a little bit about that in a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to quickly throw in uh, Linda's comments about, you know, I appreciate librarians so much. Our school librarian is often perceived by students as someone who's checking in and checking out books. Right. But wow, he does so much more than that. He's an expert researcher who can easily find all the resources to help me and my students. I can't imagine what you do at a college level. Yes, <laughs> and, you know, and and, you know, Linda, thank you so much. You know, oftentimes, you know, school librarians, I, you know, was a school, a K-12 librarian before. And um, I really appreciate when instructor really uses the library and really uh, show their students, bring their classes in, bring their students in and say, you know, this is the library, this is the space and, you know, really utilize the library. Absolutely. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to jump into a little deeper. How did you find your passion? How did you know this was going to be your career path? You've been doing it for 14 years, at least. How did you know this was going to be the one to start with? This is going to like, what was your calling? <laughs> you know, um, being a librarian was actually not my first calling. You know, I, you know, my, you know, I really wanted as a young child, uh, growing up, I really wanted to be a teacher because I had such amazing uh, teachers growing up um, within my K-12 education. So I wanted to be a teacher, an educator. And I think it, you know, still, I think, you know, being a librarian as my position, I think that, you know, still works because I am working in a, a college, a community college. But um, finding my purpose, uh, my passion and my purpose was largely impacted by the first um, Hmong and color librarian that I met at Fresno State. Her name is uh, Vane Vane, and she still works there as a librarian. I met Vane when I started my first job as a part-time student assistant uh, with the reference department inside Fresno State's Henry Madden Library. And I was astonished um, that there were another librarian who <laughs> looked like me, you know? That's awesome. Um, who looked like me uh, because Rich Carly, just, you know, I shared this briefly with you before I lie, uh, just recalling back the school librarians I had in grade schools, uh, middle school and high school, they were white middle-aged or older ladies. 
but seeing someone of a different color who looks like me was just really awesome. And, you know, when I met Vane, it was just that, you know, she knew who I was without just, without having a word with her because I knew her that, you know, she was mom. Uh, she understand me where I came from. And uh, just having that connection, that relationship um, was just awesome. And, um, you know, really, you know, thanks to Vane and for her guidance, she spoke to me about higher education uh, and really encouraged me to explore the field of library science. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And so after graduating uh, Fresno State, I worked as a library assistant at a high school. And it was then I realized that I really enjoy helping and teaching students and teachers to navigate and use the library and its resources. And so I pursued a graduate school. I applied and got into a San Jose State University's uh, library and information science program. And so that's how I got started, just that uh, you know, motivation and guidance from Vane. Uh, so there is um, the formal training, right? The master's program. Yeah. <laughs> I think people may not realize it. So I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> That's really good. Yes, yes. And so, yes, you do have to have uh, a master's degree in library science uh, to work um, a degree in library science or a uh, credential, uh, teaching credential, uh, whether it's single subject, multiple subject, but uh, a uh, credential in a, a higher education master's degree in library information science to become a teacher librarian, uh, to become a district librarian, to be uh, become an academic librarian. Great, wonderful, good tip there, folks. All right, now we're gonna get to some little fun thing. How would your family describe what you do for a living? Do they understand what you do? Um, you know, my siblings, my in-laws, they understand what I do uh, <laughs> for a living. Uh, however, for my parents and for my father-in-law, uh, they don't. Or at least I think my uh, my dad does a little bit because he was a school a janitorial. Mm. And so he uh, knows uh, he's been in that environment. So he probably knows a little bit of what I do. Um, they, my parents, my father-in-law understand that I work in a college, um, but to specifically tell them what I do or my title, uh, they may not understand, but the closest that I could uh, really explain to my <laughs> parents what I do is I'm a researcher and also a teacher. And so I think that's the closest that I could, you know, <laughs> tell my parents that, hey, you know, I'm a researcher and I also am a teacher and I work at a, at a community college. Mm -hmm. So they have some some understanding there about getting the population yeah. you serve and the type, the nature of the work, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you love? What do you love about your job? <laughs> what do I love? There's, there's a, a lot of things that I, you know, love about my job. Um, and I think um, it has to do with um, being around with the students, being around with the faculty, the instructors, and uh, just helping them, teaching them. 
um, guiding them how to use uh, to how to use the information that is available to them at our uh, district, you know, specifically in the library, um, and um, really showing them how to get there, guiding them to those information resources, and how to find credible resources, how to evaluate. So really, you know, I think um, whenever I get a uh, research question, uh, other than uh, technical questions or directional questions or sometimes behavioral questions, I, I jump to my feet. I, I, I crave that research purposes. I love, you know, guiding and teaching students along the way and faculty instructors as well too. Uh, how to get there, that these are the available resources that we have that, you know, so the library, you know, spend an amount of, of money for and, you know, not knowing how to use it is, you know, really sad. But, you know, whenever I get that chance to really um, teach someone and guide them in how to use these resources, uh, that's what I love about my job what I do. It's fantastic. And I think people don't realize that too. Oftentimes, if you're a student, you're paying tuition. This is a service. Yes, a service it's a paying free. for. Yes. <laughs> just, like, you know, just like everything else on campus. Exactly. Exactly. It's a free service. And sometimes, you know, I get questions from students where, you know, I and they, you know, you can't, you can't blame them. You can't blame students at all because, you know, they come to me or sometimes I get a question where they say, well, um, I went to the open web. I just opened up my web browser. I did a Google search. And that's typically normally the mm -hmm. questions, the response that we get from students is that I did a Google search and this is what I found. But, you know, I really want this article. But this article is not free or it does not provide the full text mm -hmm. article and it really supports my argument and i'm coming to you i need you know will you be able to help me find the full text article mm -hmm. and so a lot of times you know with some students they pr could provide us with the citation or sometimes they cannot and they can just say oh it's by this author and this is the <laughs> title and so that's where you know that's one thing about you know i tell students like Great, you know, as long as you can just provide me the title or the author, or if you know what the article was about, or you can, if you can share, you know, the citation or just the abstract with me, we can really dive down and let me work my magic. And sometimes <laughs> I could provide them, you know, where I am able to locate the full text. And so if I'm able to locate the full text article that they need within our online resources, such as our databases, then I tell them that, hey, you know, we have these, you know, really awesome resources online available to you that you don't have to pay, but let me guide you to our academic databases and let me tell you how to use these databases and which databases to use to find this article in. And so, you know, it kind of provides me with the opportunity to also teach the students that, you know, we have these available resources, you can use these available resources rather than going to the open web, doing a Google search. Nothing bad about doing a Google search, but you know, <laughs> start with you know what's available to you. 
Right, right. So again, so that way you don't have to pay it again. <laughs> I mean, the, mm-hmm. you're, you know, I tell folks, and you want to get like, I mean, when you're researching, right, you want to essentially what you're doing is you're teaching them the tools of how to utilize the service online, how to navigate to get primary resources, right? So that way they can be great authors and writers and make those really cool arguments in their essays or in their research. That sounds really good. <laughs> okay, yeah. next one. What do you find challenging? What is the biggest, what is the biggest challenge when you go to work and you're like, oh, I got to do this? Um, You know, I think, you know, that comes back to teaching uh, the students um, how to get to those resources. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't blame students when they come to, um, to me that, you know, hey, this is where I went. Uh, because they were never taught, you know, and maybe they were taught, but they didn't remember. So uh, just basically the, emphasizing the importance of information literacy and pretty much, you know, uh, the role that I play. Um, so just talking a little bit about information literacy, uh, that includes the ability to identify, to find, to evaluate and use information effectively. And I always tell students that, you know, when you're researching, it is a process. And it's true what sometimes your instructors say, never, you know, procrastinate when you are given a research uh, paper or you're preparing for a presentation or debate. And so, um, you know, information contains all that. It also contains from effective uh, search strategies uh, to evaluation techniques, students learn how to evaluate the quality and credibility and availability of websites and to also give proper citation. Huh? And so when students or instructors come to me uh, or I visit their classes, uh, I assist and share with them things that I can do uh, and help them with. And sometimes with some classes, uh, visits or reference transactions that I have, Uh, with students are successful and sometimes it is not. And when it becomes successful, uh, it's easier to maintain and nurture that relationship uh, that you have with students and with instructors. Uh, But um, when, um, but when it, when it's not, when it's not successful, um, especially with instructors, uh, you find yourself, and this is the challenging part, you find yourself to uh, follow up with them and, you know, asking them, you know, letting them know, you know, by sending emails, pers- uh, promotional uh, materials, information, resources, and also by visiting them in their office and reminding them that, you know, the importance of, inf- you know, information literacy, that, you know, this is what I can provide for your students. Uh, you you know it could really you know cut the research process for your students in half. That you know this is you know my responsibility, my role as a librarian to help you, instead of you know seeing me as an enemy, see me as an ally, uh, ally, and you know in ways that I can support your students. And so uh, I think that's you know the challenging part is you know always following up on faculty um, and making sure, you know, when I'm working with students that uh, I'm always 
checking for understanding, checking, making sure that, you know, they understand um, how to navigate, how to use these resources and how to get there. And so um, that, you know, that's some of the challenges. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I never stop. I never give up on students. <laughs> and, and oftentimes, you know, when students come to me, they ask, you know, one question, um, some students ha have replied back to me like, this is like, you know, overwhelming. You have provided me with so much information. I was just hoping for just one simple <laughs> answer, but you have provided me with just X amount of answers that I, I, am, I am comfortable to start on my paper or my presentation. Mm -hmm. I have enough information. And so I, when I hear those kind of responses back, uh, it, it, it's reward, re very rewarding that right, I have. Now you're checking like, there's a competency level where it's like, okay, we got them to do one thing, right? Or two things and they're able to do it on their own. So that's really good. And yes, I think what you're saying is it can be challenging, right? Cause you're like, I hope they understand. I hope they got it, right? So this yes. is a huge pot of like, I hope, <laughs> I hope I did all of this and I hope they achieved again, some learning outcomes out of it. Right, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, um, and when I hear back from students that, yes, you know, um, it, it was just a simple question, a simple answer I was hoping to get, but you provided me with all these abundance of information and resources that I feel confident to begin. And I know where to go because in my responses back to students, a lot of times, if it's a research question that's going to take me longer to answer, to provide response to students, I always let them know and I'm upfront with them and say that, hey, you know, I won't be able to answer your question and provide you with a simple answer right away. But if you can uh, give me a few minutes, like 30 minutes to 45 minutes with an email that I can, you know, email you back, uh, I can do a better job. And I know I can do a better job. That's so. so good. That's good. All right. We have a few comments, but I'm, I'm going to just quickly jump right in really quick. So and Jennifer did met my librarian did a Zoom tutorial on how to use our online library to get research materials that were peer reviewed and also went over citations with us. It was so valuable and definitely helped me in my MBA program. Thank you, Jennifer, yes. for sharing that. Thank and then you. Yang, quickly, you mentioned Google search is not research. <laughs> that's so true. Yes. Google yes. search can be very dangerous too. So that's why it's so good to check for, again, primary resources. And if you're not sure, the librarian's going to be a good person to connect with about that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We're going to jump into it. We have some few more questions. Keep them coming, folks. All right. Now, I know you alluded to this earlier, but if you can reemphasize, what are the primary skills you use in your job? You know, how did you develop those? skills so for example earlier you mentioned like a good chunk of your time is teaching students right teaching faculty how to navigate these tools so teaching as a skill set and then you also mentioned like communicating right sometimes in that situation where it's like oh I have to follow up with this uh, faculty right or I have to follow up with these classes and you know it requires some skill set behind that how did you build that or essentially you know uh, what are the primary skills you have to do and develop and execute in your work I, I think that really comes down to uh, just experiences that you have um, beforehand. And, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, due to my uh, experiences working as a student assistant at the Fresno State Library, Henry Mandarin Library, um, as a school librarian, um, and also in graduate school, in my graduate program, um, 
those skills were also taught. Um, and not only that too, but just being in that specific environment uh, and immersing yourself uh, in that profession, in that career. Uh, for example, um, my career, you know, as a information uh, librarian, um, I had to really understand uh, the community that I served, uh, the students that I served. Uh, I had to really understand my department, the programs that we had, uh, the policies and procedures that we have in place, our library systems, or um, the information resources um, that we have available, and just really taking the time to uh, learn about them. And then uh, not only learning, but that learning is just, you know, a small part, but also uh, using those resources is also very important. Um, you know, um, you know, I talked about, you know, being at the desk, you know, having that customer service, mm -hmm. you know, you want to, you know, obviously you're serving a, uh, a, a community of students, of scholars, uh, instructors and faculty, and you want to provide a welcoming environment. Uh, as I talk about breaking down that barrier, making students feeling welcome when they come to you, uh, come to use that space, um, that they're comfortable to um, come and approach you and talk to you about it. And um, um, oftentimes, you know, those skills you just have to develop over the years. And, you know, you have to really, you know, uh, question yourself, you know, why am I here? You know, why, what, what is my purpose? You know, um, and so when you uh, really immerse yourself into your career, you, you know, start developing these skills. And, you know, I think, you know, having uh, a group, a wonderful group of colleagues that you work with also really influence those skill sets that you build too, because you also uh, learn from them as well too. And, um, they are like your mentors. You ask them, you know, uh, can you invite them to to your instruction session and say, you know, can you evaluate me in my instruction session that I can improve on? Um, and so I think everything, you really just really need to immerse yourself into your career and ask why you're there. That's so good. And Absolutely. You know, it, you talked a lot about like the skill set, right? Like customer service, um, you know, that being able to understand your, your, your clients, the customers you're serving. And I think Linda just quickly commented on that. I couldn't agree more when serving a community of diverse individuals. It is it's important to know and understand them to be able to meet their needs. Absolutely. Right. That's so critical. And then you mentioned, of course, like that teaching part, the administrative stuff you have to do behind the scenes. I mean, when you were replying back to that student saying, give me that extra time, that's you, again, customer service all over again. Absolutely. And technically, folks, any position when you work with people is customer service. Yes, <laughs> yes. Any, any position where you're working with, unless you're working in plants, so that's a little different, but we'll, we'll talk about that in the day. All right, we're, great. We're going to jump now into a little fun one. If there were world problems that you could solve, what would it be, right? And how would you go about doing so? Again, you got all this magic wand or you got this funding, <laughs> right? Uh, let's just say you were one of that person who won the, you know, jackpot last night. We won't talk about it, but, you know, if you were able to solve this world problem, what would it be? 
What would you, what would uh, Malia spend her energy and time solving? <laughs> you know, this was actually a very tough question, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, and I really thought about it, that, you know, if there, if there is a world problem that I could solve, um, it'll be climate change. Climate change. Ah, climate nice. Change. Uh, because, you know, um, when I really think about it, you know, Earth is just so important to us in our existence as to why we're here. And so it's important that we take care of it. Uh, and some of the things that I would do if I could solve or minimize uh, climate change is by providing uh, every home with renewable energy, uh, such as energy efficient appliances, uh, reduce water waste, uh, consume more greens, even though, you know, I'm a carnivore, I love meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, provide, you know, everyone with just a fuel efficient uh, car, uh, eliminate plastic, bike, walk more, you know, who doesn't love walking, and plant more trees, you know, plant more trees. I think, you know, we can never have too many trees out there. And so I think um, if I could, um, if that's one world problem that I can solve, it'll be climate change. That's fantastic. And folks, I encourage you to think about what is a world problem you would love to solve and how, what are you doing to get there, right? Great. Okay, now another fun one. If you could turn back time, all of a sudden you get this power to go back to this 18-year-old you, fresh from high school, what would you tell her? You know, it's funny. I saw this question uh, that you provided uh, beforehand, and um, it was also a really, you know, tough question, even though it should be a very simple question, because I was just thinking back to when, you know, what was I doing when I was 18? <laughs> when I was 18, what was I doing? And, you know, my birthday is in July. So it's obviously in summer. Summer baby. Yeah. Yeah. Summer, I was summer. a summer baby, you know, and I graduated, you know, as a 17 year old. And, you know, that's just that transition uh, into college as a freshman. And if, you know, I, you know, would really tell myself, my 18 year old, that, you know, hey, everything will be okay. You know, you will do good. You will do good. Everything will be okay. Um, trust yourself, you know, trust yourself. Um, trust the, you know, trials and tribulations that you will face. Mm -hmm. uh, never be so hard on yourself. I think that's the hardest thing that, you know, for any of us is we're always very hard on ourselves. And um, I think that will be, you know, I think that will be some of the things that I will tell my 18-year-old is, you know, trust yourself, trust the path that you're going to, you know, um, go into, you know, that you're, that you're about to embark. Um, you will do well uh, and don't, uh, don't undersell yourself and, you know, just trust yourself and, um you know, you would get through all those trials and errors and tribulations that you um, will encounter. Uh, but you will do well. You'll be okay. And, you know, you will 
be married to a wonderful guy and you will have three boys and they will drive you crazy and they will also remind you uh, to be grounded as well too and so that's what I will tell myself. That's so good. And I think I absolutely agree. I think a lot of folks, no matter where they are in their profession, we tend to be our worst critics. Yes. Uh, You know, we hold ourselves so strong and accountable for it that we can't give ourselves sort of this acknowledgement to even try. Right. And so absolutely, it's so important that, you know, just trusting yourself. You know, I tell folks all the time, if you, what's the worst that would happen if you just tried, right? If you just went out and tried it, apply for the job, right? Spoke to someone, whatever the case may be, if you just tried. So absolutely, that's so important. Like trust in yourself. Um, don't, you know, sh- sell yourself short. You are worth it. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Next one, we're going to jump right into it. If you're not working in this role, you weren't a librarian, <laughs> what would you be doing? And of course, don't think about the money needed, the education required, or what your family or husband will say. <laughs> what, what, what would what would you be doing? What would be the other career that you will be pursuing? Oh my goodness! You know this. This is such a um, fun question. Um, uh, when I was younger, um, as a teenager, I loved to moan dance, and when I was a young adult, I taught a few groups of mall dancers. And so, if I wasn't working. Uh, as my role as an information competency librarian, uh, I will be. Uh, I would explore and becoming a professional ballroom dancer. Oh, that's so yes, fun! <laughs> yes, yes, and you know, um, you know, uh, I, I, I just love that. I remember, you know, in college, I took, uh, I believe, two or three uh, ballroom dances, uh, fox trucks. Uh, the waltz, uh-huh. the oh, nice. and <laughs> you know, it was just like, wow, I really enjoy this. Uh-huh. And um, you know, it, it, you know, if 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 it was uh, something that if money and you know, um, just like an inspiration, I think I would have you know really explored that career, you know, becoming a ballroom dancer and. If I, you know, or as an instructor, because there's two different, you know, professionally, I think professionally as for first, and then maybe later on as an instructor, mm-hmm. as you teach um, younger children who might be interested in becoming mm-hmm. a professional uh, ballroom dancer. <laughs> uh, and I think I, I could still, I think I could still do it, you know, and explore that too. But I think. You know, I have to really convince my husband to be my <laughs> dance partner. <laughs> and I think I might have a difficult time in convincing him to, uh, to be my dance partner. <laughs> to be the model, right? To be the model. <laughs> right. So, and the reason why I always ask everyone this is because, you know, in our lifetime, we're going to have multiple careers. And it's because the great thing is we're living longer. You know, the, the outcome of our, our age is, you know, used to be predicted at 65. But we see that, you know, after that, people actually end up going to the second, third and fourth career. So, Malia, you could be doing this absolutely yes. later on down the road. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, we need more dancers. <laughs> yes, yes. And we might even have another interview about, you know, how did I get started about being a you know, ballroom dancer? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I have, um, I think uh, a colleague who um, he teaches um, ballroom dancing too, but like daytime, he's a, he's like a, a, a academic advisor, but nighttime he does ballroom dancing. And it's just the, like the, the, the oddest thing you never think he would be, but it's because I think he was like similar to you were talking like that experience of being in the ballroom of like dancing and just, um, he, he does teaching. So not the, not the professional competing type, but just teaching people how to move, um, how to relax. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, that's one of the things I think that's really cool when you have, you know, you see yourself potentially doing something else. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Which we'll talk, we'll revisit this a little bit later on. Um, okay. Now, and I know you talked a little bit about this. So, and I always ask everyone this, as a person of color, have you experienced challenges in the workplace because of your race, ethnicity, either language, gender, age, or other types of barriers? And I know that you mentioned like, you know, in this profession predominantly, it has been um, occupied by, you know, white women um, as librarians. Uh, what are some of the challenges you, you know, you either may have faced it or um, if you haven't faced it any, how would you encourage someone to um, process or go about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, and I thank you for asking this question because it's such a good question. And yes, I did. Um, and this event happened when I was, you know, uh, warming up my lunch in our staff lounge at work. And while I was there, um, waiting for my food to be ready, uh, walks in a older white male instructor who needed to use the microwave as well mm -hmm. too. And so while we were in the room together, we began small talks. And during our conversation, uh, he mentioned to me uh, that my English, English was very good and asked me where I was from, where I was born, where I was raised. And um, when he asked me that, I tried very hard not to show uh, my shocked expression on my face. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I remember um, my response to him um, was, you know, I'm from Fresno and I was born and raised uh, in Fresno all my life and he was you know it was he in he in and I remember he was taken back that um you know I was born raised in Fresno lived here all my life and um I recall uh just after that um, that uncountable you know question um thanking him uh, for noticing my good English, not, nah? mm -hmm. and uh, and I also went on and I shared with him that I was a librarian at the district, uh, working there, uh, and this happened at one of the center that I was working at, mm -hmm. and I offer, you know, what I do, I offer my help, and I, you know, let him know that if he ever needed uh, me to come in and to present to his class about the library, about our resources and information, or if he wants to send his students to me, to the library to come and meet with me one-on-one to schedule an appointment, I will be glad to um, help him, to help his students. And so, you know, I think I really took the experience that I had, just that brief transaction that I had with uh, the instructor um, with Grace, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
um, and I also made it very clear to him that even though unintentionally uh, he made it feel like I don't belong here or that I wasn't from around here, that I wasn't born raised mm -hmm. here, um, that I belonged here as much as he belongs here as well too. And so, um, you know, maybe it was unintentional uh, on his part, but you know, I, you know, that was one of the many events that, you know, whenever I come across with a person who's not a minority, um, like, where are you from? You know, um, were you born and raised here? Or Malia, what type of name is that? Or, you know, do you know the history of your name? I'm like, I do not know the history of my name. <laughs> you know, you know, and, you know, and, you know, and I've come to, you know, I've come to research that, I've come to realize like, you know, why are people so interested in my name? And then, you know, and that posed the question as to, you know, I'm curious about my name too. And so I finally asked, you know, my parents, I finally asked my mom and, you know, um, my mom said, well, you know, I I don't know if it's, it was typical back then when our parents, our mom had us, but my mom said, you know, my nurse, you know, the nurse that, you know, helped gave, you know, helped me in the delivery room was named Malia. So I just named my, you after, <laughs> you know, my delivery nurse. And so I'm like, okay. And so whenever people ask me how, so you know, my name came about, I always kind of, you know, share with them, you know, how I got my name. Yeah. You're going to laugh. My mom did the same exact thing with my sister, Barbara. So <laughs> my parents, I wasn't born here in the U.S. I was actually born at uh, the, one of the refugee camps in Thailand. And so I was only born a few months. My parents brought me and, you know, like and then a year later, my parents had or a year, no, maybe a year and a half or two years later, um, had my sister Barbara. And, you know, it's the first time being in an American hospital. And of course, my parents, you know, don't speak English. So literally, they looked up to the nurse who was helping my mom, like, what's her name? And she looks so helpful. And at that time, and her name was Barbara, and she was the nurse. And so that's how my sister's name is Barbara, which is, again, like, so much more like if you hear Barbara, right? And, and then that time was like Barbara Bush, very popular, <laughs> which is the you know president's wife. And so it was just, yeah, that's so hilarious that about this, that nurses, you know, your, your names are very special. <laughs> Yes, 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 you are. <laughs> That's so cool. I, I, it's like one of the funnest. I'm like, but well, you're exa exactly as you're telling. I'm just thinking, oh my goodness, that's exactly like Barbara's story. <laughs> so that's awesome. Okay. We're coming down to the, we're winding down to the last few minutes. Oh my gosh. And art goes by so fast. Okay. Last two. I mean, last one here. Um, what are two career tips that, you know, you um, would like to give out to people who are looking for opportunities right now, whether it is, you know, one day becoming a librarian or who's, you know, in that 18 moment experience or 24 experience age where it's like, what do I do next? You know, how am I going to like jump forward? Right, right. And so um, my two words of, you know, um, advice for job seekers, career seekers is, you know, understand um, understand why your job is this, you know, whether if you're seeking or whether if you're already in your job or career ready, because your job is this uh, for a single, simple reasons that to solve problems, to help within your area of expertise. 
And so when you are aware of it, or when you take the time to really digest and question yourself uh, and are, are aware of it as to why you're there, uh, you'll become more engaged with your work uh, in executing everything that you do with the intent of doing it well uh, within your area of responsibility. And my second uh, advice uh, to job seekers, or whether if you're already in the career ready, is build that relationship with your colleagues, uh, with your boss, uh, with uh, your stakeholders, who you're working with. Um, and I specifically mentioned your boss because uh, he or she are the ones that is overseeing you. And, you know, when you build that relationship and you have that relationship uh, built, nurture it, nurture it, maintain it. And uh, because there will come a time and a place where, you know, you will ask for guidance about what new skills that uh, you can learn, how to improve on your existing skills. Because, you know, when I was younger, I always thought that, hey, you know, hey, I have to wait until my evaluation to hear back on, you know, what I can improve. Uh, but you don't have to wait until your evaluation. Right. You, know, don't, you, don't have to wait, you don't have to wait for your evaluation. Uh, to ask your boss on, you know, what are some of the skills that I can learn that I can improve on? Um, and, you know, let me tell you, uh, your boss will be very delighted because there isn't a boss in the world that isn't impressed by, you know, someone who wants to, you know, do better, who wants to make the responsibility of a management a little lighter. Um, and, you know, once when your boss give you the advice or, you know, provide you on some improvements, you know, implement it um, and follow up with your boss uh, on what you're doing. So those could those are my two uh, advices if you're seeking or whether if you're in your career already. Wonderful. That's so good. And absolutely. I totally agree. I don't think that I tell folks do not wait until evaluation period to, you know, figure out, oh, how can I improve? How can I develop? You had all this time access to your boss. And so definitely um, start thinking about what you're learning, what you accomplish and that the gaps in your skills and open that conversation. If you can tell your boss that you can help them with all their stuff that they're stuck on, you just help you alleviate that stress for them and they can already start seeing your skills come in place. So absolutely. That's so good. And folks, if you have any questions for Malia, please go ahead and pop them in. I'm going to quickly jump over here. Linda says, beautiful. I feel like you're speaking to me, giving my inner child the permission to breathe. <laughs> Wonderful. And if folks don't know, next uh, Wednesday, we are meeting with Linda. Linda's going to talk about her career in teaching as well. So uh, absolutely. 
We're down to the last two minutes here, folks. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming to hang out with me, Amelia, learning about what a librarian actually does, right, from the get-go. Like, you know, oftentimes the perception of it, like, oh, you're behind the desk, and you really broke it down. Like, hey, we're not just there behind the desk. We're doing a multitude of things from administration, teaching, guidance, communicating with faculty, um, essentially helping people understand how to utilize virtual tools nowadays to access information that's legitimate <laughs> and not just any Wikipedia, you know, uh, or Google search out there. And that's so valuable, whether you are, again, writing a paper, doing a research and, I, you know, the skills behind that, the tools, the formal training really provided the opportunities to do that. So thank you so much, Malia. Really appreciate your energy, your enthusiasm and how you became, a, a, you know, a librarian. Um, Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All thank right, folks. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. And for anyone who's watching or um, coming back later to rewatch uh, our live interview, um, you know, if you, you know, have, you know, an interest in pursuing library science, you know, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. You know, um, I forgot to share, Eva, that, you know, um, I actually, you know, I actually have two other colleagues who are also Hmong working in, you know, the library with me too. And that's unusual to find is oh, that's having very three librarians. That yes. yeah. <laughs> having three librarians working at the same community college. And so it's just so amazing uh, that I'm, you know, absolutely blessed by, you know, the number of Hmong librarians and, you know, just to be able to work in, you know, in a community of, you know, wonderful colleagues and a boss who really understand, who really advocate for, you know, our library as well too. And so uh, for anyone who's watching, who is thinking of pursuing, you know, library information science, you know, feel free to reach out to me, um, Again, I have, you know, uh, my colleagues as well, too, and we're, you know, speaking of just me, where I'm more than happy to, you know, provide any insights, advice as well, too. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So, folks, again, take that offer if you're interested in becoming a, li a librarian, right? Learn about the tools, the tricks, you know, get the behind the and get the raw information. So that way it informs you to make a better decision about, hey, is this a career path that might be possible for you? If you love learning, you love teaching the tools, this might be something for you. All right. Thank you all so much, everyone. Really appreciate we're uh, with the end of here. But again, we'll catch us again on Wednesday. We'll do another one with Linda. And good night, everyone. Thank you so much for hanging out. And don't forget to sub, follow on all social media platforms. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Bye.